Welcome to today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app for both iOS and Android devices by searching for The Church at Bushland. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know by emailing us at media at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. I want to welcome those who are listening online. We uh, have a very faithful group of people that listen online, uh, not just a group of people, but a church, our church that listens online. So I want to say thank you for that. Um, I apologize ahead of time. My voice is not strong, uh, but I'm going to do my best. Um, um, I don't feel bad. I just sound bad. You've ever had those days? I've got a lot of drainage in my head and chest. Uh, We need to wash the air. It's dirty. (laughs) And so we need a good God bath in this land. So um, we will get that. So I'm in a series, or we're in a series called Prune and Bloom. And the whole pruning is so that we might bloom. And we've talked about that John, John 15 is the passage or the text. We'll go there in just a little bit. But, but we are a tree that God is pruning on, our vineyard, our vine that God prunes so that he can show off the fruits. When, we, when our fruit is showed off, he gets the glory, all right? We want our fruit to look good, all right? We want our fruit to, to, to basically model him because he is the reason we have fruit. Without him, we have no fruit, all right? And so we talked about a tree that, that gets pruned is a tree that, that we give a chance for it to become all that God wants it to be. For you and me, I'm looking at you, and you, you are a vineyard or you're a tree, and, and God has a design and a plan for you, and he will prune on you. Sometimes he will cut on you. And the whole reason he's doing that is so that you can become all that God wants you to be, all right? And I've said before, the opposite of pruning is a tree that's left by himself. And a tree that's left by himself will always become a mess, always become a mess. And so God's pruning and cutting on us is out of love. We don't always receive it that way, but it is out of love so that we might become all that God wants us to be and that his fruit, uh, our fruit, will exemplify him and they will get glory and he will get glory in that. So what we wanna do is uh, we want to be pruned on so that we might glorify God more with our fruit. Sometimes uh, we think we need pruned and what we really need is cut. There are some things, some places, some people and some things that you're participating in or doing, they might be good or might not be good, but God doesn't want you to prune them. He doesn't want to prune those. He wants to cut them off, all right, so that, so that your fruit and your vines may be produced more, okay? So we'll look at that. So last couple of weeks, I've looked at verses 19 and 20 in Galatians 5. It's the tougher fruit, all right? It's the tougher fruit. Today, we start putting on the good stuff, okay, what people like. All right, so here's what we're gonna do today. We wanna put on, or we wanna look at what does the Holy Spirit want to produce in me? What does the Holy Spirit want to produce in me? What is it about my fruit, or what fruit does he wanna produce in me 
all right, that the Holy Spirit wants to produce in me, okay? That's what we want to look at, all right? So when you go to John 15, I want my voice to last long enough for us to get this, all right? John 15, I want to begin in verse one. This is kind of the text that we've used to build the whole series off of. Verse one, John 15, Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. Some texts will say vine dresser. Doesn't matter, doesn't change the text at all, right? He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. That's the cutting part that we talked about, all right? While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it might be more fruitful. Now, I want you to understand something before we move on. Everything gets cut. You see that? that there's not anything that doesn't get cut. The, the gardener may choose to cut on anything. The bad stuff, you can cut off. The good stuff, he may go, hmm, I can cut this a little bit so it can be more fruitful, okay? More fruitful. Because some, sometimes we think, I am so good. God's so lucky. <laughs> yeah, he is. He's so lucky, all right? He's really lucky, all right? And so are we, thank you. We are, we are blessed by you. All right, so look at verse three. You, <laughs> I, didn't, I meant that in love. If you took that personally, I didn't mean that, okay? I meant that in love. All right? All right, you are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Verse four, remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Please see that. That's a big thing right there, okay? Verse five, I am the vine. You are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Look at verse eight. This is why we do what we do. This is what the fruit's about. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciple. That's why we do what we do. That's why the fruit comes out. The fruit is a mark that you are a disciple of Christ, all right? A little, a Christian is little Christ, all right? All right, our job is to be Christ-like, okay? Bear much fruit. Apart from him, you can't do that, okay? We also looked at Matthew 7. In Matthew 7, there's a text, 15 through 20. Just wanna look at a couple of verses real fast in that, Matthew 7. Verse 16 of that text says this, by their fruit, you will recognize them. By their fruit, you will recognize them. Not by their church attendance, not by their camp T-shirt, not by their bumper sticker, not, not if they honk, they love Jesus, but by their fruit, you will recognize them. Many of us see people, we see fruit in their life. When you see someone and you see fruit in their life, you, that is a mark that they are God's disciple. They are a Christian. They are born again, okay? Now, the opposite of that <laughs> is also true. All right, so Matthew 7, 20, in that same text, he says it again, just in case we're a little thick because he knows we're human, all right? He says, thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. By their fruit, you will recognize them, all right? So I want you to go over the Galatians. <coughs> I'm sorry, go to Galatians. I'm gonna make it. Galatians chapter five, <clears throat> look at verse 16, 
this is kind of where we've been over the last couple of weeks because this is the text where Paul is trying to show us the difference between the spirit and the flesh, right? Remember that? And then he's, we looked at some ugly fruit, the works of the flesh, the last couple of weeks. Those are bad ones. Uh, that was in verse, uh, we'll go to verse 16. I want to read there. Um, Galatians 5, 16. So I say, live by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of his sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other, all right? So that you do not do what you do. I wanna stop here. What is in conflict is flesh and spirit. The flesh wants its own way. It wants to do what it wants to do, when it wants to do it, how it wants to do it, because it wants to do it, and nobody tells the flesh what to do. That's the flesh. It is out to absolutely mess up your life. Its job as flesh is to take the glory off of Jesus and put it on itself. So what it wants to do is it wants to absolutely wreak havoc in your life. If you choose the way of the flesh, it's also the hardest way of life, okay? It's filled with all kind of pain, all kind of hurt, all kind of imbalance, all kind of recklessness, all kind of vicious stuff, all kind of evil stuff, all kind of sinful stuff, sneaky stuff, lying stuff. I mean, you get it, okay? It's nasty, okay? In conflict with the Spirit of God, which the Spirit of God, all it wants to do is produce in you through the Holy Spirit the fruit, all right? The fruit that gives God glory, all right? So 19 and 20, the verses 19 and 20 in, Rome, in Galatians 5, that's the ones we looked at in the last couple of weeks, talking about, again, the works of the flesh, all right? Those are verses that a lot of pastors just skip. They don't even wanna deal with 19 and 20 because they believe 19 and 20 do not exist in the church. <laughs> well, I found this out. If you don't preach scripture in the church, what you don't preach ends up being in the church, all right? So I'm gonna tell you, 19 and 20 show up in the church if it's not preached about, all right? 19 and 20, the works of the flesh, they're very, they're very, they run rampant, not only in the world, but they have come into the church as well because that's just what the flesh does. So the good stuff, I'm sorry, hang on. The good stuff is Galatians 5, 22 and 23. They're the fruits of the Spirit. A lot of people, when they teach Galatians chapter five, they read, they read the 16 through 19, they skip 19 and 20, and they get right to 22, 23. Why? Because 22, 23 is the good stuff. Everybody loves good stuff, okay? But I said last week, if, you, if you're cooking or baking a cake and you have a big old bowl and you start going by the recipes, all right, you just put this in there, you put this in there, you put this in there, and you go, ooh, man, what was that count on that starch again? What was that count on the salt? What was that count on the sugar? Uh, I messed up. So you don't just decide, oh, I messed up this recipe. Oh, let's just go back and do it right. You don't go back and do it right and put all the good stuff back on top of the bad stuff that's already in there. No, because that's gonna be even nastier than it was gonna be. You take the nasty stuff that you messed up on and you chunk it out and you start back with a fresh bowl to do the recipe right. You don't just add good stuff on top of bad stuff and expect good stuff to show up. Oh, it'll show up. And so will the weeds and the tares. They'll be visible as well. You got to throw it out. So the good stuff is the fruits of the Spirit, verses 22 and 23. Again, we talked about the fact that the flesh produces works. Flesh works. It's hard, okay? It takes effort, okay? Um, 
Nobody just accidentally lies. I know you, some of the teenagers try to sell their parents. I, I didn't lie, just, I, I really didn't lie. It just happened. It just came out that way. No, it just doesn't come out that way, okay? There's a purpose, and, and you tried to lie. You meant to lie, okay? It, it takes works. You make effort to do that. The fruit of the Spirit, what the Spirit produces is fruit. The fruit in your life does not have to push and try. You don't walk by an apple tree. If you've ever been to an apple orchard, you don't go down an apple row and hear a bunch of moaning and groaning and pushing. It's like, it's like, what the heck's wrong with these apple trees? Well, they're trying to produce an apple. You're going to produce something in a minute. When I do stuff like that, <laughs> I produce stuff, and it's not tolerable by Melissa. I'm dismissed to the outside of my house or to the garage. Listen, you won't have to push and groan and try to produce fruit. It's natural. It's natural, okay? You don't have to strain to do it. Orange trees do not strain to make oranges, and apple trees don't strain to make apples. It just doesn't work. If Don't ever eat anything off a tree that moans and groans, okay? I'm just telling you. That's a bad tree, dude. You got to run, all right? So fruit's a natural thing, okay? It's natural. The word fruit is from a Greek word, and it's pronounced karpos, karpos, which describes a fruit of plants, or a fruit of trees, or a fruit of one's body, such as a person's child or offsprings, the fruit of my loins, okay? These are all from a seed, all right? They come from a seed. That Greek word for it, you heard the word karpos, it kind of sounds like compost. Well, that's just chopped up trees and limbs and junk like that. It makes great soil, okay? Regardless of whether it is a plant, an animal, or a human, all fruit is produced by some kind of seed. I need to lay this before we get, y'all like, can we get to the good stuff? Love, joy, peace, patience, all Yeah, we're getting there. But listen to me. You've got to understand how important it is about the seed, okay? You've got to understand the seed. So here's the deal. If there is no seed, there is no fruit. That makes sense? All, all of that stuff, all fruit comes from seed, all right? If you don't have a seed, you're not gonna have the fruit, okay? All kinds of seed that is sown, the kind of seed that is sown determines the fruit that will be produced. That makes sense? So if I plant an apple tree, uh, if I plant an apple seed, I'm going to get a apple tree, if I plant a seed getting to get an orange tree, I'm going to get an orange tree. I never have to worry about my apple seed producing bananas, okay? It doesn't work. It's true to the seed. Now, I have a cousin who, uh, <clears throat> he's a little crazy. I'll just say it like that. He's a little crazy, okay? So, he, uh, he has some dogs. And so, last Halloween, he thought, you know what? I have a whole lot of pumpkins at my house and I don't want to get rid of them. So I'll tell you what, I love my dogs. I just let my dogs eat my pumpkins. Sounds like a great idea. Well, you know, what you eat has to eventually come out. That's the way it works. So this Halloween, my cousin sent a picture. He said, look at this, pastor. I'm like, oh, snot. 
I said, did you plan all that? He said, nah, that's where my dogs poop. His dogs who ate all those pumpkins went back to the back corner of his house, took care of business. And now he's a proud owner of a pumpkin patch. Hey, it's true to the seed, amen. No matter if you plant it or someone else plants it, if you plant a seed, mm, it's coming up. No matter how it's planted, if your dog plants it, it's coming up too. I know a lot of people that say, hey, I got a watermelon plant. How'd you get a watermelon plant? Dog ate a watermelon. There you go, all right? It's true to the seed. So if I got the right seed in me, I'm gonna have the right product from that seed, amen? Simple as that. I want you to see it in Scripture. Ooh, my voice going fast. Go to Genesis chapter one. Genesis one. <clears throat> Genesis chapter one. God set it up this way. I don't know if he set it up for dogs to eat pumpkin seeds and make pumpkin patches, but he set it up the way, okay, with a seed. All right, look at um, Genesis. Genesis chapter one. Look at verses 11 and 12. I hope I said Genesis. I keep thinking I said Galatians. If y'all went there, you got a long way to go backwards, all right? Genesis chapter 1, 11 and 12. Then God said, let the land produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it, according to the various kinds, and it was so. The land produced vegetation, plant-bearing seeds according to the kinds of trees bearing fruit, with the seed in it according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. So God set it up that whatever tree you put, whatever seed you put in is the tree you get up. It's the way it is, okay? So I want you to go all the way over to Galatians. <coughs> go to Galatians chapter six. I want you to see it again. That's why God talks about it again. Look at Galatians 6, 7. You've said this before. You probably say this as a parent to your teenager. It's a great scripture, all right? Do not be deceived, Galatians 6, 7. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. So you gotta be careful what you sow in because you're gonna reap what you sow in. That makes sense? So my cousin let dogs eat pumpkins. They sowed in that seed and they pooped out that seed, all right? and he got a pumpkin patch from it. Be careful what you sow in. Some people chase after money, all right? You're gonna reap that whatever money brings, it's gonna reap. You say, well, I want the reaping of money. You don't want all the reaping of money. People chase stuff, and I always tell them, be careful what you chase, because you might catch it. You might catch it. A lot of people have caught a bunch of stuff they chased they wish they had never chased, amen? You gotta be careful what you reap, what you sow, because you're gonna reap. It'll come back to you, all right? So here's how it works. The moment you receive Jesus as your Savior, by faith, God sowed his seed and word into your heart like a seed. And you were spiritually born again by the incorruptible seed of the word of God. I want you to see it in Scripture. Go to First Peter. Go to First Peter. First Peter chapter one, look at verse 23. For you have been, you have been born again. That's what he told Nicodemus, right? Guy had two birthdays. 
One from Mama Water, one from the Spirit God. You got two birthdays, you're in good shape. You don't have two birthdays, you need a second birthday, all right? You need pop balloons for that day too, all right? For you have been born again, not a perishable seed, but of imperishable seed through the living and enduring word of God. You have been born again when you, when you, whether you were eight or 10 or 12 or 15 or 45 or 91, right? When you gave your life to Jesus, when you prayed and asked Jesus to come inside, Jesus came into you, right? Through the Holy Spirit, he put a seed in you, the seed of the word of God. He put a seed in you. That seed is your guarantee, right, that you're gonna grow up and produce the fruits of the Spirit. Why? Because you now have the seed. What did the dog put with my cousin's back property? He put pumpkins back there. What came up? Bananas? No, pumpkins, all right, why? Because the seed was that. We're gonna look at the fruits of the Spirit in just a second. We're gonna look at three of them a day. You say, well, I can't do them. Why not? Well, they're hard. Well, you have the seed, right? Yeah, then you don't have to do nothing. You don't have to do nothing. Because the seed, if the seed is right, the fruit will be right. But if the seed is wrong, the fruit will be wrong. Or if the, if the seed's not in you, the fruit won't come from you, okay? So you're sitting in this corporate worship right now. This corporate worship is God's greenhouse to my seed. This, this corporate worship that we do right now, this is God's greenhouse to your seed. That is why it's so very, very, very important for you to not miss coming together as the church. This is the greatest thing you can do as a believer is gather together with other believers in the greenhouse of God's and let him grow you up. This is where the seed grows the most, man. You say, well, preacher, what's wrong with you? I can grow out there. Yeah, you can grow out there. But you wanna grow supernaturally? You wanna grow like you're on steroids? You grow that in the house of worship. You grow that in here. Because see, for a plant, when a plant has a seed, when there's a seed, let's just say it's planted and it wants to grow, people will build a greenhouse. It's a protected, protected, climate-controlled environment for that seed to be at its best. That seed in there has no wind. The air temperature is perfect for that seed. It has enough sunlight that it needs. It has moisture. The soil's the best, all right? The Holy Spirit waters that seed down, just like man waters the seed, and that thing has a chance to grow and become all that God wants it to be. What we have here is a climate-controlled environment for you. You can say it's a bubble, okay? See, the real world is out there. It ain't so nice. But in here is a sanctuary. This is God's greenhouse to grow the seed that's in you, okay? The whole purpose of him growing the seed in you is so he can show you off out there. You see, in here, you may have walked in here today and your marriage may be in a storm. It may be in a storm. Your life may be in a storm. The winds may be blowing against you, all right? And it's about to knock you over. But in here, the wind's cut off. 
in here, this environment is controlled by the Father. God's got his environment in this place right here. Worship, was we were brought into a presence of God through great worship with Pax and the team, right? And some of you were just coming to the table and feasting in worship. And now we open the word of God and we continue to feed that seed that's in you, right? The Holy Spirit falls fresh on you. The, the wind of the Holy Spirit blows across this worship center. You start looking around and you watch people worship. You watch people eating the word and it encourages your faith. It grows you up because you see that seed taking in all that stuff. This is the greatest environment you get. And I'm not, and I know people are watching me online right now. You're like, man, they're dogging in people online. No, I'm not dogging people online. The online service that we put out is awesome. But I'm telling you, it's not to replace this. It's not. You cannot replace corporate worship. You cannot do it. You can't duplicate it out there. That is when you're on vacation, when you're out sick, when you're gone, you can't get here, tune in live, you can see exactly what's happening in your church. But if you make online church your church for the rest of your life, you will not grow near as much as you would in the presence of God. Never. Because this is God's greenhouse for the seed that's in you. There are days I walk in here even as your pastor and I have been beat like a dog all week. And my job is to walk up here and preach the word. And you know what gives me supernatural ability to do that? Not only my calling and not on the Holy Spirit, but when I'm standing right over there and I'm worshiping and I hear my church. And I look at you and I see you worshiping. And there's something in me that says, <laughs> this is why you do what you do, Pastor. Even when you don't feel like it, baby, you gotta bring it. And there's supernatural something happens in my seed, boy, that I go to a gear that I didn't have in me, right? Listen to me. You can't replace the greenhouse of God. Can't. When you come in here as a seed of God in you, you grow like a weed, man. You grow good. If you wanna really grow, commit to coming here every chance you get. Don't let anything in the world intercept worship for you. You say, well, sometimes I'm gonna be gone. There's sometimes you will be gone, but every time you can be, do not go to Bedside Baptist. Don't go to First Mattress. You come here. <clears throat> I'm serious. Those are good churches, but I'm just not recommending them, all right? You come here, get into the greenhouse of God. You bring that seed that he put inside of you, and you say, God, I need you, man. I need to be strong. I need this. I need this, and God just, woof. Here, grow that seed. Here, grow that seed. This is God's greenhouse right here. I know it's a worship center. I know it's a house of prayer. I know it's a sanctuary. But this, what this really is, is God's greenhouse. Because the seed that he put inside of each one of us at salvation is where he grows it the best, right here. So the fruits of the Spirit, I'm gonna go fast, fast, fast. Fruits of the Spirit, there's nine of them. I won't do all nine, I promise. I'm gonna do three real quick. Fruits of the Spirit is what we wanna get to. We don't like 19 and 20, that's the works of the flesh. That's right. They work against the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit can be done in your life if and only if the seed of salvation has been planted in you. Can I, does anybody need me to say that again? I don't have enough voice to say it again. But you, if you're not born again and the seed of God is not living inside of you, you cannot produce fruit. It's not you to produce it. He produces it through the Holy Spirit. You can't do it on your own, I promise you. So number one, 
Number one is love. Love is the number one fruit of the Spirit. You will know them by their love. All this is to show that we are what? His disciples. That's what he said in the Scripture, all right? So love. There's four types of love that you will see in Scripture. This type of love that we're looking at in Galatians chapter 5, this Greek word for love in this text is agape, agape. This is what is known as high-level love. This is the big Nakahoma love, okay? This is the big cheese. This is the highest love, the finest love. This the most excellent love is the agape love. That is the greatest love expressed in Scripture. We know that because the text in John 3.16, John 3.16 is the agape love. God so loved the world. God so loved me that he sent his only son to die for me, to take my place, that whosoever should believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That is the greatest example of agape love there is. We didn't deserve it, but he gave it. That makes sense? You're gonna live in a world, and you live in a world where you're like, oh, no, ain't loving them. Nope, that's it, not loving them. Nope, not gonna do it, not gonna do it. I love a lot of people, I'm not loving them. I'm sorry. I don't read that in Scripture. God said, I loved you when you were a mess, you stunk, you were nasty. I loved you. Now go love them just like that so that they can see me in you. Woo, I can't do that. I, uh, uh, I, ain't, man, I ain't man enough for that. I'm not man enough. No, you're not. But you die to yourself, allow me to love you, love them through you. That's how you do it. I want you to look over at 1 John Go to 1 John chapter 4 real quick. 1 John chapter 4. <clears throat> Make sure you go to 1 John, not John 4. You're going to see a woman at the well going, what, what preacher talking about? All right, go to 1 John, okay? Some of y'all can check me on that. It really is, for, that is John 4, all right? 1 John 4, 19, look at this. We love, we love. Why? Because he first loved us. Verse 20, if anyone says, I love God, yet hates his brother, or he's a liar, for anyone who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God who he hadn't seen. You'll need to go to seminary to figure that one out, all right? I told you last week about my grandfather. My grandfather, big old Cherokee Indian dude, pipe fitter, worked Dow Chemical, played on, playing football at Oklahoma University when the war broke out, went to fought in the war, he's a big Marine, he's a bad hombre, all right? My grandfather, though, had one thing that, that just set him off. He did not like Hispanic people, all right? Most of my life, that's all I knew about him, all right? But a Hispanic missionary and his wife moved in across the street from my grandparents, all right? And then my granddad got sick, <clears throat> got sick after he retired. He got cancer real bad. And Daniel Zapata, who was that missionary, he would come over and mow my granddad's yard, trim trees, plant flowers, do all kinds of stuff for him. And one day, as my grandfather's sitting in the garage, uh, drinking his Miller Lite that he always drank, letting the whistle blow at Dow Chemical so he could wave at all his buddies he worked with, he pulled out a lawn chair and he set it beside him. And one day, Daniel got done mowing the yard. He invited Daniel to sit with him. That started a friendship. And Daniel sat with my grandfather every day for several years. And I'm sure he heard a whole lot of stuff about him from my granddad, how he felt about him, all right? But he took it. 
And right before my grandfather passed away, Daniel led my grandfather to Jesus in that garage. He knelt down on the garage floor out of those lawn chairs and he prayed to receive Jesus Christ as his savior. When my grandfather passed away, there were two men that did his funeral, his grandson and Daniel Zapata. I would have never told you that I would ever do my grandfather's funeral with a Hispanic missionary. That's the craziest thing I've ever seen. But Daniel loved my grandfather with the goppy love that Jesus loved him, and it changed my grandfather's life. So you can love if the seed's right in you. If the seed's not right in you, you can't love. Just saying. Secondly is joy. Joy is not a happiness. Happiness comes from happenings. Joy comes from the Holy Spirit. Joy is unaffected by outward circumstances. In fact, joy usually thrives best when times are tough. It is God's supernatural response to the devil's attacks. Listen, joy is from Jesus. Happenings come from the world. You get something, you get something, you get happy. You don't get something, you get sad. You go to your favorite restaurant, you're happy. You don't go to your favorite restaurant, you don't get happy. You get picked for a team, you make a certain grade, you get a date, you don't get a date, that kind of thing. Happenings can make you happy. Nothing wrong with them, but that's not joy. Joy comes from Jesus, comes from the Holy Spirit. And no matter what happens in your life, you can still have joy. Now, you can't go, I'm so excited my hot water heater blew up. It's just awesome. This is the greatest day of my life. That's fake, okay? Jesus will spank faith. Don't make Jesus spank you, all right? Don't be fake, but be real. Listen, he says in James, though you're persecuted, though you go through trials, take heart. I've overcome all that. Have joy. I've overcome all that. There's nothing greater than watching a believer walk through a hard time in their life and still have joy inside. They would change it if they could. When Melissa was diagnosed with cancer a second time, we wasn't joyful about that. But we knew this. We'd have a whole lot of people watching the joy we walked through it with. And we pray that every day if people saw us, they saw the fruit of the joy in our life because we knew who our hope was. We knew who he was, okay? Psalm 30, verse five says this, but joy comes in the morning. All right, Nehemiah <clears throat> chapter eight, verse 10. It's a bad time. They were weeping and crying when he said this. For the joy of the Lord will be your strength. The joy of the Lord will be your strength. Can I say something to you right now? Hmm. You're living in the same world I'm living in. <laughs> I think we need a little joy out there. We need a little joy. A lot of people beat down, man. A lot of people beat down. And this world just continues to slug them, man. Uh, I mean, there's just decision after decision, things after things. Uh, no one's like, I am so excited that I'm paying twice as much to get gas as I was a year ago. I mean, seriously, if you find that guy running around being joyful at the gas station, somebody needs to knock him out because he's he got issues, man. It ain't the gas. It's something else, all right? So, so listen to me. But you can walk, even in hard times, being a man or woman of joy, if the seed is in you to produce the joy, all right? Last is this, peace. You have love, you have joy, and you have peace, all right? The peace, the word peace there, that's a Greek word, all right? It's a deep word. The Hebrew side of that word is shalom, 
okay? It's the idea of wholeness or completeness or tranquility of the soul that is unaffected by outward circumstances and pressure. When a person is dominated by peace, he is calm in the inner and in in is stable as a result of that. His ability to conduct himself peacefully, even in the midst of circumstances that would normally be very nerve-wracking, traumatic, or upsetting. When you see a person going through times like that, they go to a gear, they dig deep. Deep down in is the peace of God. Even though everything around them says, man, you gotta be losing it here. You gotta be losing it here. I'm not losing it here because I'm at peace. Why are you at peace? Because I know Jesus. I can't control the outcome. I can't control the situation. All I can control is that Jesus is in control. And my job is to fix my eyes on him, the author and perfecter of my faith, and trust him. I don't know what is gonna happen. I don't know how it's gonna turn out. I don't know what's gonna happen, but here's what I do know. Jesus is sovereign. God is sovereign. And I've got, he's got me and he's got this situation. And I take peace in that. A mark for many adults who are not born again is peace. They don't have no peace in their life, man. They work all their life trying to manufacture peace and they can't manufacture it because peace is not manufactured. It comes from a seed and grows up in you. If the seed is wrong, the fruit is wrong, amen? If the seed is right, the fruit is right. So if you are sitting here today or joining us online and there's been a day in your life that you've been born again, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. You know you're saved. You know if you died, you'd go to heaven. That means you have the seed of the word of God and God lives inside of you. If you have that seed in you, you have the potential, you have all you need to produce the fruit of the Spirit. You can be loving to people that you don't wanna love. You can have joy in tough times. And when things are crazy, you can have the peace of God with you. But if you don't have that seed, you will not be able to manufacture those. You can't. It's impossible. Listen, I said earlier, apples don't strain, push, groan to make apples. They simply trust the seed to produce the apple. If you have the seed in you that's right, the God seed in you, you will love like God. You will have joy like God, and you'll have peace like God. Why? Because I'm a superhuman, because I'm lucky, God's lucky he has me? Oh, no, 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 no. You're that because Jesus lives inside of you, and the seed grows up and produces the tree. Seed's true to seed, all right? That's why Psalm says that the tree planted by streams of water, that's the Holy Spirit of God that nurtures that tree, produces that fruit, okay? I'm gonna invite you to stand, church. You listen well while my voice uh, crashed and burned on you, all right? Here's the deal this morning. Questions on the floor is, do I have the seed? You can want to produce love. You can want to model joy. You can want to look like a man or woman of peace, but you can't make that happen. That has to be from a seed. Today, if you've never met Jesus, never been born again, you don't know him. You know that. You've been trying to do all this stuff to produce all this stuff, but it hadn't got you anywhere. If you will give up, stop trying, 
as Jesus said, and die. When you die to self, he will raise you up to be a new creature in Christ, a new creation in Christ. Then you will possess the seed that he waters with his Holy Spirit that produces love, joy, and peace. Simple as that. So today, if you don't have the seed, today I pray you meet the seed. Come get the seed today. It's free. It's free. If you do have a seed of God living inside of you, can I tell you something? You decide today that every chance I get to get myself and my family and my marriage into the greenhouse, I'm gonna be here because it's the greatest place of environment, the greatest environment for me to grow right here, right here, right? Let me pray for you. Father, we love you. God, today your word is simple. We are to bear much fruit, to show ourselves to be your disciples so that you might see glory or receive glory from us the way we live our lives. God, outside these walls is a real world. It's hurting, it's hopeless, it's being beat, it's being tattered, it's being taken through storms, it's, through, it's having hard, hard times on people's lives. And God, you've called the church to be the salt and light. You've called us to be the tree that bears fruit. And God, I pray that our fruit would be fruit that someone would want, someone could eat from and know where our fruit came from, and that's from Jesus. So God, I pray today that the Holy Spirit of God has spoken our name today. God, if we're here today and don't know you, we'll come and meet you for the very first time. And if we do know you, then we'll make sure that we get our family, our kids, our wives, our, our husbands into the greenhouse so that the seed that you put in us at salvation can have every ap ample opportunity to grow and become all that you want us to be. God, we love you. Be honored today as we worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the church at Bushland. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on Facebook and Instagram, by using the church at Bushland, and on Twitter by using at TCA Bushland.